You know, nobody likes partying more than the rockers, but the party's over when you start smoking. That's right, rocking and rolling, strutting and strolling, doesn't include smoking. Be a survivor. Don't smoke. The following program is in no way representative of the high-quality programming usually heard on the Maverick Radio Network. The views expressed and fishing techniques demonstrated are not endorsed by this station. The following is not a news broadcast. Wake up. Oh, yeah. Wake up. I'm fully awake. He's fully awaked. It's right here on the five count. I am awake and ready for action. Welcome to the program. Thanks for being here. Yes. Thank you so much. I was closing my eyes, just getting in. I was trying to shift my mood, you know, into the show type mood. I was aligning my chakras, the five count chakras. Do you think I ought to do that stuff? Yeah. I mean, all the time. Why am I just now hearing about it? I don't know. So are, am I to believe that the show has been off this whole time? Well, I mean, just maybe you have been off. Well, thanks a lot. But the show has been fine, you know. Nobody thought to say anything to me? Just align your chakras, why don't you? Like, hey, butt face. Get it together, man. Well, calling you a butt face, number one, would not be conducive to aligning one's five-count chakra. How do you feel... If you're the guy who possesses the butt face, exactly. (laughs) This is what I'm dealing with. Yeah. Well, I mean, I can't really help that situation, but I don't think you've got a butt face or a butter face or any of those. I think your face is wonderful. I know I don't have a butter face because that would suggest Mm. that the rest of me is in good shape. Mm. That's not true at all. Mm. I just, I think you look wonderful. I'd be like a butter everything. Wonderfully you, Dust. That's what you are. A butter body. Butter body. Some. I eat a lot of butter. There's a lot of people that'd be into that. You know what I mean? That's like a thing. Sticks of butter. Probably is a thing. I don't know. What I do know is we are here and it's the five count. Thank you so much. Yeah, it's a jam-packed episode tonight, Ton. Yes. We don't even have time to talk to one another because there's so much stuff happening seriously it's for reals there's no way evander holyfield what yeah what no not on the program Uh, i just meant how real the deal was yeah that's how okay sorry i didn't mean to get you super real deal still working on that one but we do have a special guest tonight ton it's not evander holyfield but it's the next best thing let me have it it is 
founder, singer, guitarist, Don Barnes of 38 Special. <laughs> wow. Because you know they're coming to Mankato. That's awesome. They're going to be here next Saturday, September 16th at MSU. I love this idea. Ton. You will be back where you belong. <laughs> I love this idea. This is great. Don Barnes. Yeah, man. Taking you back to paradise. Wonderful. It's going to be a great show. It really, it really is. We also have a second interview coming up later in the show, if you can believe that. I cannot believe it. We're talking with uh, Chaz DeMoss. He's the guy that runs the Crypticon horror convention. Mm. You know, we've talked to him before. Yeah. That's coming up next weekend as well. Okay. September 15th, 16th, 17th. Wow. At the Crown Plaza West Hotel in Plymouth. Nice. Yeah, so you can get tickets for that. 38 special. You could do all that in one weekend until Wonderful. your face explodes. Until and then it looks face. like a butt, like some unfortunate people I know. <laughs> oh, yeah. That sounds awesome. Well, it's a lot of awesome time. And that's why we need to get rocking into the night i guess you could say <laughs> yes let's do it all right
Hey, this is Kenny Wayne Shepherd, and you're listening to the Five Count.
Hi, this is Henry Paul from The Outlaws, and you're listening to The Five Count. Lovely. Back to paradise, that is. <laughs> yes. Grab this... your coat, Ton, and grab your hat. 
is the five counts leaving and it ain't coming back. Ah, oh, this is a great show. This is shaping up wonderfully already. Yeah, it'll be back. We've been here for like 20 years. Yeah. A lot of people are thinking, God, I hope those guys don't come back. We've outlived, <laughs> we've outlasted general managers. That's true. Probably about eight or nine shows that were on before and after us. You think really people out there are saying like, geez, one of these guys is going to pack it in. That can't be real. No, I think they packed it in. They packed it in. They might come back by accident years later and uh-huh. say, those guys still haven't packed it in. <laughs> oh, man. Listen, do we have any mailbag questions tonight or what's happening here? Uh, we do have one. Do we really only one? Well, I didn't take a, I didn't ask anyone for questions because we have so much content okay. tonight. Okay. Don Barnes from 38 Special is going to be on the show. Yes. He's like the founder, the real deal. He's been with the band for, since the 70s, That's mid awesome. 70s. Can you just imagine the guy's life for real? Wow. Well, I did talk to him. That's so awesome. And then he talked to me. He talked to you back even. Ton held on loosely. I did. <laughs> I really did. Are you asking if we have some sort of uh, hotline or some other way to communicate with you directly? Well, I was wondering if anyone did use the five count hotline. 507-519-2030. That's the ticket to your dreams. Wow. Ton, we do have a message here. Hey, dudes, it's a lengthy one, so buckle up. Okay. Watched the new Equalizer movie today. Denzel Washington, I think. A little violent, but good to see bad guys get some of their own medicine. Mm. New Expendables out this month. Didn't catch what day. Pretty sure saw September 22nd. Yes, Sly Stallone, etc. Maybe finally a movie for you to see. Gift card if you go. Movie news you can use. From the hostess with the mostess. John from New Alm. P.S. I am sending Karen a letter slash coupons, etc. She does Elvis songs most times I request it. It is fun interacting with her and five count. Fly in breakfast September 9th or 16th. Love, John. That's awesome. Did you get all that? Yeah, thank you so much, John. Um, I don't think I would go to see another Expendables in the theater. That just seems... I don't I don't know about you, Dust, but I feel like I've seen some of the Expendables, or maybe all of them, and it, they don't necessarily get better each time. Do you feel that way, or do you love them? So you're saying that perhaps the sequels are somewhat Expendable? Maybe, yeah. Huh weird and i had what was the first movie he mentioned the ex executioner or like what yeah with denzel washington see i saw some kind of a trailer with him but is this the first movie or is this like the third no denzel's been in a lot of movies no i mean the executioner in general i thought i saw somewhere else that it was like the third one maybe i'm wrong about that but i had never heard anything about that film i'd maybe be interested in checking that out um, I have a question for you, John, to answer for the next time that you call the five count hotline five zero seven five one nine twenty thirty. You can text that number. Uh, John, ha- what is your favorite Elvis movie? If you have one, have you seen many Elvis movies? Um, I started watching some of those recently. 
And uh, yeah, when you chime back in, I'll I'll give my thoughts on the Elvis movies that I've seen. Fly in uh, breakfast, dust. Fly in breakfast. Might have been this morning or next Saturday. Yeah, that's. Uh, but you would know. I, then it's too late for me, probably. You keep up with the airport menus uh, around the yeah. area. Yeah, I really want to bring my kids to another one. I really want to go to New Ulm and eat at the Kaiserhof. That would be so much fun. Um, I can't do the 16th because my wife already made plans for me to do a bunch of work on the house. So. Good. Good for you. Yeah. What are you going to do? Are you going to build a tree house? No, nothing fun. House? I have to fix the front steps. So I have a to, cave for men. I'll have to pull the railings off, pull the carpet off, bash out all of the broken bits and clean it up. And then I'll have to put on some concrete prep and then I'll have to put on the actual concrete and then shape it up. And then I actually have to grind down all of the rails and repaint the whole rails and actually have to fix some of them because they're rusted away. But I can easily do that as I can weld on some new square tubing and flat stock on bottom and then um gotta re-carpet the steps that i say that and then i gotta put the rails back on mm. i have a follow-up question in a single day apparently it's a lot of work i got a follow-up question okay uh why do you have to do this do the steps not work anymore can you not step on them uh no you can step on them but there actually are there's probably three steps that are crumbling in spots so are you in danger of not being able to get into your house no you can use the back door but what it is is the front steps and you could get hit with some kind of legalities because the male person does have to walk up those steps to put it in put the mail in the mailbox and winter is coming so it could get rough so hypothetically if i were to come over to your house to visit and I used said steps. Yeah. Perhaps they crumbled a little bit more. Yeah. Underneath all my muscularity. Yes. And I were to injure myself. Please don't come over. You might have some sort of lawsuit on your hand. That's possible, yeah. Huh. I don't know. They got to be repaired at the very least. When are you doing this? She would like them to just be replaced, but um, I am not on board with that because the difference in that price tag is probably six thousand dollars or so what do you suppose a lawsuit would be if a lot I I mean if a person were to hurt themselves probably way more than that when are you doing this uh don't come over I'm gonna have red caution tape on him now now that we've had this discussion how are you gonna get your mail then smart guy 16th I'm just move the mailbox I'm coming over tomorrow bada bing bada boom no reason I'm gonna stick a Menards bucket out on the sidewalk with a giant sign on it that says mail here please cut a slot in there listen Todd I don't care where you stick your nards I'm coming over tomorrow okay it's fine thank you so much <laughs> that we were friends <laughs> oh Todd I'm just messing Merry Christmas I'll be over later tonight uh huh it's the five count 38 special let me ask you about uh, 38 special and yeah. why they are one of your favorite bands uh, it's just so much memories tied to all those songs. So many drive-in nights, so many nights at the point. You know what I'm saying? High school dances, just on the radio my entire 
high school period. I don't know if you know when I went to high school or how old I actually am, but if you did, then maybe you would believe this or maybe you wouldn't. But ah, oh, they're just the greatest. The nostalgia factor is through the roof. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Ton sowed his wild oats to a lot of southern rock. Oh, southern rock to the max. Love it. Well, I'm excited for you. This is going to be a big night for you. I love it so far. It's great. I'm worried that you're going to be doing all this construction work and then you're going to be too tired to go to the show. I'm going to be listening to 38 Special the entire time I work on these steps. You don't think you'll be sick of it by the time you go to the show that no. night? It's the ramp up. Don't you recall those old days, man? Do you re- don't you remember that going to shows and like you're going to a show, but then the whole like two hours you drive there, you listen to the music that you're going to see? No, why would you do that? I always did that. You'd, you'd listen to the entire set list over and over before you got to the show? Well, in those days, you didn't know the set list unless you've been to the show a million times or knew a guy who saw the show in another state or whatever before it came to your state, but that didn't really happen all that often. Mm. You see, you'd just be listening to albums getting pumped. You never did that for real? I never... I don't think I listened to the band I was going to go listen to. Never did that. I mean, I, that seems kind of redundant. I always did that. I don't know why. It is redundant. You'd think you'd want to save it. Save it up. I mean, I don't ever recall not being like stoked to be there just because I listened to it. I don't know. Some bands, I remember listening to them the whole way to the show, and then after the show, still getting in my car, super stoked, and then listen to them all the way home again. Love it. And you were by yourself? Yeah. That explains that. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, Ton. I got, I got so caught up in you there for a second. <laughs> Nobody can hang, Dust. What am I going to do? Well, you could uh, hear our exclusive interview with Don Barnes. I would love to do that. He's the lead singer for 38 Special. I would love it so much. He wrote all their big hits. Okay. He was rocking into the night, had a fantasy girl, teacher, teacher. You know what I'm saying? Yes. Let's hear it, shall we? We're joined today by the one and only Don Barnes, singer, guitarist, founder for the band 38 Special. 38 Specials coming to Mankato. They'll be playing on the campus of MSU on September 16th. Don, how you doing today? Hey, Dustin. Good. I'm punctual here, right on the dot. How about that? <laughs> <laughs> Most rock and rollers are not that punctual, you know. <laughs> well, I, I know you're a busy guy, so I appreciate your time today. There's no problem, man. How's everybody up there? Hot still? Uh, yep, still hot, but um, winter's always around the corner here in Minnesota, so... Yeah, I was just in Chicago. I was recording a song with Jim Peter from the band Survivor. We wrote a new song for his World Stage album. And it was, oh, man, we got out of the restaurant that night. It was like an oven, 95. The next morning, it was like fall weather, you know, (laughs) upper 60s. Amazing. Well, first of all, 38 Special, getting back on the road. and I know you've been on the road most of your life, so I'm sure you're ready to get back (laughs) on the stage again. Yeah, we do about 100 cities a year. Can you believe that? <laughs> well, I think we've done about 70 so far. We've got a few few more to go. But, you know, it's a 
that's a great job to bring that kind of joy to people. You know, you can't complain. And you're coming uh, here to Mankato September 16th, and uh, you guys are going to be playing outdoors uh, on the on the campus here at MSU. And as a performer, do you feel, I guess, uh, kind of a different energy maybe for the outdoor shows? Uh, yeah, a little bit. Yeah, a different energy. It's everybody's having a great time. It's first of all, you know, it's the history we unfold all the songs. We had a lot of like 15, 16 top 40 songs. So it's a big celebration of all that. And, and, uh, you know, people come out and uh, high five each other. They're singing along. It's a great, like I said, a great job to bring that kind of joy to people. But, uh, you know, it's, it's, uh, when you have that many gathering together, the energy level really, uh, builds up and you, you get that, we get the instant reactions. You know, we, we see sometimes, tears in their eyes and songs remind them of, you know, the past and that kind of thing. So, uh, you know, it's a big celebration. We're all great friends. We still get along. Can you believe that? Still like each other, you know, (laughs) (laughs) after all these years, but, uh, you know, it's a celebration of that brotherhood and people can feel that, you know, we bring them all into the, the event. And, uh, and so, like I said, if we, we've gone, so we take them through, uh, movie songs. We've been lost, lost, lost in movies. We, A&M Records had a, had a subsidiary, A&M Films. So we did a lot of songs with Back to Paradise from Revenge of the Nerds movie, you know, Excellent. Teacher Teacher from Movie Teachers. So, you know, we want to make sure everybody hears their favorite song where that's, uh, you know, more bang for the buck, you know, I guess that's what it comes down to. But it's about an hour and 40 minutes of everything you want to hear through the history of the band. Hold on, we're going to be caught up in you, rocking into the night, all the ones back. People say, yeah, that was you guys did rock into the night in 1979. Yeah, that was us. <laughs> we were uh, we were desperate to get on the radio, you know, but, uh, but uh, anyway, so after... You know, we've got some and some new surprises too. Not just the the, the older songs. We got new new material, big production, chain lightning. Got the big lightning and the thunder and all the effects and all the smoke and everything. So uh, it's it's a it's a great great time. Everybody come out. We'll have a large time there. Awesome. Yeah, it's going to be a great show again here in Mankato, September sixteenth. And you guys are pretty much crisscrossing around the U.S. for the rest of the year. Looks like. And- you know, as you mentioned, after 45 years or so on the road, it's got to be great for you to look out in the crowd and, you know, see all the different generations of people your your music has touched yeah. over the years. So a lot of uh, a lot of people over the years, I'm sure, will, will be at the show. Sure. Yeah, because, you know, our original fans, they grew up with the music and they played the, the records in the house and the kids grew up with it. So, yeah, you differ, a different uh, a mixture of age groups. I'll see a group of boys out there that got a little local band, you know, and they're they're high five and hold on loosely. I'm like, dude, you weren't even born when it's all. <laughs> but, uh, you know, it's, uh, yeah, it's, it's a great, uh, you know, event, a celebration of a big party. You know, we've always been known to bring that, that party to the people. So, uh, you know, it, it, the different age groups really help out. And, uh, yeah, after all 45 years of it, uh, you know, we were, we were those young boys with a dream. See, that's the thing. If we could see ourselves in those young guys and, and, uh, you know, we, we were, of course, failed. We did all, made all our mistakes in public, just like everybody does. You know, you start out and people think that, uh, hold on loosely with our, and wildlife Southern boys was our first album. It was actually our fourth album. We had done 
three albums before that just straight over the cliff, you know, <laughs> you're thinking you're going to bust the world wide open, you know, but you got the, you got the competition. You don't realize how heavy the competition, which brings me to another point that it's not something I highly recommend. You know, these young guys of the band, I say, if you, they want to get a record deal or something, I say, if you absolutely have to do it, but uh, you're going to sacrifice everything. You're going to uh, anniversaries and holidays, you got to be rehearsing. You got to be five steps ahead of yourself. You have to have your songs written when it's time, contractual obligations and all that. So it's uh, it's not just, for, you know, all party, you know, that that part of it is the, the work work part of it. You know, I tell them, you absolutely have to do it. But if there's any more, uh, more stability to fall back on, if you're good with your hands or you stay in school or whatever, but especially these days, Dustin, I mean, it's everything is. You know, radio's fractured. And, uh, record companies, brick and mortar buildings are almost non-existent. People are they're recording in their bedroom and they're putting online and everything. Sure. So, yeah. So we've got you know people streaming our songs and, and downloading. We're not at this point. You know, it's twenty twenty three. You might as well just be giving your music away because the the uh, payoff is that. If somebody downloads your song, then they make them a fan and they tell their friends. And then you come to town and they're going to come and buy a ticket and a T-shirt and, you know, you have a great time. And so it really is uh, a means to, to get that uh, live show uh, action going. These days, it's all in the live business. You'll see everybody out there touring because uh, record royalties and all that are, with streaming. It's kind of taken all the royalty part of it away. So it's all about uh, going out there and creating an event and building something that people want to see again and again. And they'll tell their friends, you know, and uh, you missed it or whatever. But, uh, so we, we try to make it a, a, a big event. So people memorable time and joyous. Uh, I can't tell you how happy we, we're all about the positive stuff, you know, bringing the great choruses, singing along and, and uh, even as they're walking out, I got the sound guy playing, you know, tequila, dun, 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 dun. you know, everything's real happy. And everybody walks away, walks out of there with, with, a, with a good smile on their face. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. And as you mentioned, uh, back when you guys were first starting, you really had more of a, an option, I guess, to fail for a while. I know you guys had kind of the Southern rock yeah. feel on the first couple albums, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. no doubt in part to uh you know, Donnie Van Zandt and Leonard Skinner at the time. Sure. Was that a conscious decision, I guess, to move away from that? Or, or did that just maybe kind it, it of organically? Was. We could tell in the 70s that Southern Rock was waning. And, uh, you know, we, we had just come on the scene. And and uh, actually, we've got, you know, Ronnie Van Zandt was a mentor for the band. He was about five years older than us. So he would say, stop trying to be a clone of whatever that came before you because that's already been done. And we realized that it has, had been done by the, the best almond brothers and Skinner and, uh, you know, Marshall Tucker and those kind of guys. And so he said, do find what makes your heart sing. What were your influence? What did you like? So we, we really were introspective and we, we realized we'd like the, the British invasion stuff. We call it melody and muscle. You know, you got some good, strong guitars in the face and, and a memorable story, good melody over the top, and it's simple. And if it if it ain't broke, don't fix it, like they say, you know. So we 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 crafted a uh, uh, more arena rock sound for the '80s as we got through into the '80s because we realized the southern rock thing was kind of waning, and people were moving on to to uh, more of the 
well, you remember Boston and all the foreigner and all those, those were all arena rock groups. So we loved all that stuff. And we, we put all our influence. We were big Beatles fans, all the good songwriting and, and great choruses, memorable choruses. You could sing along and, and have a lot of positive element to them. You know, uh, like I said, the Southern rock was a lot of blues based talking about the bad women and whiskey and that kind of thing. And that just wasn't us. We were, we were more, uh, uh, I, well, let me just back up. Jacksonville, Florida was a Navy city. There were five Naval bases there. So all of us as young boys, we all played in sailors clubs. And I'm talking about Dwayne Allman, Greg Allman, Ronnie Van, and everybody played in these enlistment clubs as young teenagers. You make about a hundred bucks a week, you know, playing the cover songs. And it's pretty big money for a 16 year old kid, you know? So we, we, uh, we were bouncing around to the naval bases and playing sailors clubs, and we'd, we'd be up there playing and we'd watching them drink and fight the sailors. <laughs> but, but what happened is, as you're 14, 15 years old, you start learning the uh, structures of songwriting. You start you, all these great songs that would come out, and we would we would learn them in rehearsal, and you start seeing where the the payoff is. You see, it's kind of a, a graph, you know, a song. It's kind of built. It starts with a big opening and it keeps climbing and Somewhere around the middle, it might be a little relief to the listener, but the chorus is just a big crescendo, big cherry on top. And so you start learning how that works, and you start trying to craft your own songs. And when you get a little cocky after a while, you start thinking, well, I can write my own songs now. And that's, that's, how, that's when you go starve for the next 10 years. So <laughs> not something I recommend. But uh, we did learn all all those guys. We all learned the the elements of songwriting from a real young age. So it's a good foundation. And you obviously uh, made the right choice, as you mentioned before. A lot of the listeners sometimes you forget how many uh, hit songs you guys actually had until you see them all on paper. Yeah, they say you know the radio only plays "Hold On Loosely" and "Caught Up in You," but we had a lot of songs through through the years. And and actually, when we play them, we line them up. We take the audience for a ride. We know how, you know, we're not the kind of band that goes out there and plays one song and you're staring at your shoes and you say, thank you, very, thank you very much. Uh, our next song is this, you know, the, we link these songs together and it's just hit after hit. And people go, I can't believe that all those hit songs through your years. And there was an old term back then, you're only as good as your last hit. So we were always trying to outdo ourselves. Every, every new album we were trying to lift our career, be be higher, be bigger, you know, than the last one. And that's that's the name of the game. You're trying to com- compete with everybody out there. That you know, radio only has 24 hours in a day, and a lot of that is you know commercial time, and and so everybody's vying for their their space, their slot, their three and a half minutes, four minutes, whatever on the radio. And so we uh, we tried and tried and failed. We picked ourselves up, <laughs> dusted ourselves off, and thought, well, it's, I know we still have it in us. We just have to keep find just find the right element. And so I was uh, up in Chicago. We had written with uh, with Jim Peterick again, the guy I was just in his house just recently. Uh, been friends for forty three years now, but uh, first time we ever met him, sat there at, at his uh, breakfast table, uh, breakfast bar, and. Uh, and he was talking about, so, you know, how you guys been doing and everything. I mean, well, you know, well, you got any ideas? And I, I have been going through a, uh, 
a troubled time in a relationship. I said, you know, what is it about? I had little notebooks there. Songwriters have to have the antenna out. You're always picking out little bits of titles or lines in a song or something. And I said, what is it about people that just can't seem to tolerate their differences? They try to change the other person or they try to keep them under their thumb or, you know, and, and what, what's happening with me. I was trying to be somebody and she was a little, you know, kind of keeping me in my place. And I said, what do you think about this title? Hold on loosely. And he said, oh, yeah, but don't let go. And that's the first thing that came out of his mouth. So <laughs> it was the perfect book in, you know, a per- couplet there. And uh, we wrote it about two hours. It was done. And all these years later, that song has become one of the anthemic songs. We save it to the end. And it's uh, a good, great piece of advice. People come up and say, man, you don't know what that song meant, it meant to our marriage and all that. But, you know, we never were trying to do that. But we were just trying to get on the radio. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, because it's tough to get to even crack the door at radio. So, uh, you know, th- those kind of songs, every one of the songs we had had truth in them. We, we felt, Ronnie Vance, and again, another piece of advice was to uh, put, put your own life in there. Don't, don't you know, you can, anybody can sing, ooh, baby, I love you, ooh, baby, I need you. You know, that's, that's the kind of the cliche thing. And you put, try to put your own story in there. So we, we said about putting the truth in the songs, and I think that people relate. Well, truth can't be denied when it's true. To someone else's they relate to it they say you know i felt that same feeling i know uh so i was dating a woman uh, at the time and we were we had been on the road for nine months uh, promoting and the last album or something we were con- again back to the contractual obligation thing you got six months to have a have another another album out and and it's like book publishing you got to get get to writing you got to have your ideas and we didn't have a single idea of one note and we it was due in six months and so i was dating this woman i just met and i said you know i just can't seem to get any work done i'm just so caught up in you all the time and it was just like a light bulb went on i thought you know that's a pretty good song title eh? you know it's a positive it's got that you know thing so we set about putting it together you know good good story came from Truth, truthful experiences, and all those songs were. The, if I'd been the one, what if I'd been the one to say goodbye? Uh, there was a long, it was a long distance romance. A woman in Texas I'd been seeing off and on, but I was traveling, and you know, you don't want to get mixed up with a traveling musician. But she, she had oh, I had I was head over heels over her, and she called and uh, wanted my blessing that she was going to get married, and uh, I said, "Wow, that's uh, docking." Uh, Put put yourself in my place. What have I been the one to tell you that? You know, so that became a song. So all these songs came from from real life experiences, and I think people relate to those things. Definitely. And again, all those songs will be um, coming to Mankato with thirty eight special playing uh, September sixteenth on the campus of MSU. And uh, Don, I know you guys also just released uh, thirty eight special live at uh, Rock Palast nineteen eighty one. I mean, that's the CD. And the DVD of that uh, Germany show, uh, that's great. You guys were able to track that down. That was something. It was amazing. But it's, it's great to look back at us, our young selves, and all the fire and the drive. We still have that same kind of fire and drive. And it was a Germany in, in Lorelei, Germany. And uh, they had the TV stations. And we, we had drove all the way to the top of this mountain. We had gone through the, down the Rhine River. Beautiful countryside. Just uh, It looks out of like a storybook, Germany, you know, a lot of great, beautiful areas in Germany. 
but we got up there and the TV stations there, they filmed the show and they interviewed us and it was hard to understand their accent, other, their, you know, dialect, but, uh, we got out there and the place was packed and, uh, we just tore it down. We, we were victorious for that day. There were several groups on that show and they filmed it and, uh, they had it in the can all these years and they contacted and said, we'd like to get this out there. They had Ben Lindsay put it out. They had several other artists. And I said, sure. Cause you know, Donnie, Donnie Vance had, I told him about it. He said, well, what's it? Is it any good? And I said, man, it's killer. It's great. So, <laughs> so they made a DVD. It's a, there's a lot of crowd, a lot of different pictures and backstage and all. And, and we, we got out there and, you know, we sweated out and did it. But Germany, I got to tell you a different part of Germany. We played, we played facing in, in Nuremberg, Germany, facing the podium up there where Hitler had declared war on the world. We, they had rock, rock fans hanging off the, all those walls up there. It's funny how, you know, the era of the world changes over the years. And many years later, the, the big eagle was kind of half bombed out. The Americans had bombed it out. But uh, it was a big concert venue now. So we're playing, and you could go to the library and open a, a book, and there's the, there it is. There's the big symbol. There's, you know, the whole the devastating part of, with Hitler and all that. But now, you know, 30 years later, it was rock rock fans hanging off in blue jeans you know so pretty pretty serialistic there you know <laughs> <laughs> well don i know um it's been almost 20 years i think since the uh drivetrain album was released could we see uh some new music from 38 special maybe down the road yeah we we actually have been uh doing some recording we've we've got, uh, probably about 65 70 percent some things done uh, it, it takes a lot to get off the road and be in a studio. So we have a lot of bookings all year. So we, we try to find time off the road and go, go get that part of the, the aspect of it. But, uh, you know, it is a lot of effort to away from the road, but, but, uh, again, like I said, I just finished the song for, with Jim Peter and it's actually really came out great. It's called, uh, last dream home. And it's, uh, it's going to be on his world stage album. But I told him, I said, you know, you, you got me putting my foot back in the water here. I really like it. I like the recording aspect again. I've been out there playing live, but, uh, so we both, uh, put our heads together and, uh, he's, he's been, he's been egg, egging me on to get back in the studio. Let's put something together. And, uh, we've always been a great songwriting team, had great chemistry, that's the thing. You got to find somebody that's just, you know, a good, good sounding board. Well, offers ideas. And Jim's always been great for us. And, you know, he wrote Eye of the Tiger, number one in the world. Sure. Yeah. That's his song. So he's, he's no slouch. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Again, Don, it's been an honor speaking with you. I'm looking forward to the My, show here in Mankato. And, and thank you so much for your time. I appreciate it. My pleasure. My pleasure, Dustin. Come back, say hello. I look forward to it. All right. We'll do. Thanks a lot, Don. All right, buddy. Thank you. And again, that was Don Barnes from 38 Special. And 38 Special is coming to Mankato, performing on the campus of MSU. That show is on September 16th.
Hey, Minnesota, this is Peter Cetera on The Five Count. I hope you enjoy the show.
Hi, this is Richard Williams. I'm the guitarist with the band Kansas, and you are listening to The Five Count.
don't have to apologize to me, Tun. Oh, man. You're the straw that stirs the drink. Well, thank you for that. Welcome back to the five count. Yeah, thanks for holding on loosely. Mm. That was Don Barnes from 38 Special. Nice. They're coming to Mankato. It's going to be awesome. Next Saturday, September 16th at MSU. They'll be playing outside. That's very cool. Maybe Ton will be there. Outside? Hey, I think so. That's cool. Unless there's a tornado or something. Do you know where? Uh, somewhere on MSU. Outside. Maybe where, where they play football? I don't know. That's what I was wondering. I think that would be so sweet if there was outdoor concerts at the on the football field. Well, let's go. Really cool. Oh, wait, you're busy breaking your steps. It's Never like, mind. Me, it's like mini stadium style. Ton can't go. Why don't we get a band together and we play the MSU football field? Um, we do a radio show at MSU and no one listens to it. You okay. think we could fill a stadium? I mean, I feel like we should be able to. All right, let's do it. I think it'd be awesome. You're right. For a second there, I was going to start thinking about the logistics, but you're right. It'll work. It'll just work. Let's just do it. Let's plan it. Let's book it first, and then we'll figure out how to make it happen. Yes. Which I don't see it being anything else but a major success. Yes. Awesome. I'm glad we're on the same page. Feel good about this. We'll get started right after the show. Tony, do you think we were on the same page? Oh, like 10 years ago? Uh, if you had to take a guess. I'm going to say yes. I'm going to say yes, of course we were. Well, this is the part of the program where we go back 10 years in five-count history. So I could check for you. Awesome. September 7th, 2013. Me and you, Ton, on the same page. Wow. Or at least on this page. Okay. This is a big show. Bigger than usually. Because we had not one... Not two, not four, but three exclusive interviews. What? In the same show. It was a big, jam-packed, professional wrestling extravaganza. That's ridiculous. Do you remember this show, Ton? No. We had WWE superstar Dolph Ziggler. Then we had Hall of Famer, the total package, Lex Luger. And wow. we also had Hall of Famer George the Animal Steel. All on the same show. All three of those guys on the same show. That's ridiculous. I don't know why we crammed them all in, but yeah. we did. That's nuts. Those are some big time names. Yeah, why would we do that? I think at that time we just had way too many people that wanted to be on the show. Yeah. So we had to cram them all in. <laughs> There was a long time there where every episode had two or more. That's awesome. And then Ton just got eventually too tired. Just said, you know what? <laughs> just hit record. Whatever happens, happens. Yeah. I'm sick of doing all this prep work. <laughs> so, yeah, dude. Wow. I remember talking to Dolph Ziggler. I remember, to talk, I remember talking to each one of those guys, but I don't remember having the show with all three of them on at once. Same That's crazy. Show. It's at thefivecount.com if you missed it. Chances are you did. Dolph was really cool to talk to. Um, Georgie Animal Steel is no longer with us. Yeah. But he was a super intelligent guy. And he fought Bruno Sammartino at Madison Square Garden. He was nothing like his persona in the ring. I'll put it that way. 
He didn't eat any turnbuckles when we no. talked to him? No. And he was like super, yeah, he was just like a smart dude and knew the, <laughs> like, that's probably why he was so good at his character, because he was smart and he was in his head while he's in the ring, you know? It's a lot like you. It's pretty. Like you pretend to be this, like, kind of meathead jock. Uh-huh. But deep down, I know, you're the smartest man in the room. <laughs> Ridiculous. That was 10 years ago, Ton. Very cool. Can you believe it? I cannot. Man. Should we come back to the present? Sure. I know you were holding on loosely. So, what is Dolph even doing these days? I think he still wrestles. Seriously? But for where? Same place, I think. What? No. I think think he just wrestled in Minnesota when they were here. Remember we gave away tickets? Really? You weren't there because... No. You don't do anything fun anymore. I had no idea that he was still wrestling. Is he still, like, awesome? He's hot, if that's what you mean. Okay. Again, the similarities between you and him are just uncanny. Wow, really? Please, pl- <laughs> please continue. <laughs> oh, my gosh, it is. I just looked him up. Dude. He's exactly my same age. He's my same age. He's my doppelganger. Except not really. Wow. Come to think of it, I've never seen you two together in the same room. Huh. What a guy. Recently became a free agent during the 2023 draft. I can't believe they even use that terminology with professional wrestling now. Draft. I don't know what Come you're talking on. about. A giraffe? Draft. How do you feel about giraffes? Um, you know, I like them, I guess, you know, like they're okay. They're fine. What do you do with them? Oh, uh, last time I was around a giraffe, I just looked at it, you know, said, hey, giraffe, what's happening? And then I watched it eat some leaves off a tree with its ginormous tongue. And it I just said, Good work, seems, buddy. Yeah, well, I don't know. It's kind of like inconveniently shaped. Like, oh, what do you do with a giraffe? Very much so, yeah. I 100% agree. I mean, what... So they're, like, cool to look at, right? But then what is really the point of that animal? Like, even out in Africa or whatever, if you just see some giraffes roaming around, like, the, like they're, they've got that long neck to get some leaves up on high trees, but then it's like... If something's attacking them, I can't imagine they're too swift, right? Or, like, light on their feet to try to defend themselves or get out of there. Are they? I feel like you could spot their dumb necks from miles away. Yeah. Couldn't really hide anywhere. Definitely couldn't. If you had a neck that long and you ate something, would you still be hungry for another 20 minutes until it reached your stomach? I mean, I think so. That's inconvenient. It really is. You probably feel like you're eating forever, and then all of a sudden you just feel terrible, right? You just keep eating because you're so hungry, and then all of a sudden you realize, oh, I made a huge mistake. Like you do at the Golden Corral. Yeah. We got these giant gut aches for days. Do they serve giraffe at the Golden Corral? (sighs) I've never really looked into it. Hope not. 
I mean, I'm not saying kill them all and eat them or anything like that. I'm just saying you could eat them. It's kind of strange. I mean, don't eat all of them. Should probably save a couple. Yeah, we don't need to endanger the things. You know, there's a couple spare giraffes. Fry them up. <laughs> Fry them up. <laughs> all right. What would you do with their skin, though? Make like a nice couch or something? Giraffe couch? Car seat cover? That would be pretty cool. Yeah. Could make I mean, some Speedos. Unique, for sure. I'll have to get back to you on that. All right. Ton, we got to talk to Chaz DeMoss, the guy who runs Crypticon. All right. The horror convention. Yeah, you love that place. That's coming up. Uh, you know who's going to be there? No. FiveCon alumni, Clint Howard. Whoa. Uh, D. Wallace. Wow. From E.T. Yeah. Uh, Billy Peltzer from Gremlins. He'll be yes. there. Some other people. He's awesome. It's going to be a good time. All right. We'll hear all about it. Uh, Chaz DeMoss. He's the guy that runs the thing. He's going to talk to us right now. We're joined today by Chaz DeMoss. He's the proprietor of the Crypticon Horror Convention. That's coming up here in Minnesota, September 15th through the 17th. At the Crown Plaza West Hotel in Plymouth. Chaz, how's it going today? Fine, thank you. I appreciate your time today. Thanks for joining me. No problem. Pleasure to join you. Well, first of all, uh, Crypticon, the horror convention, is uh, back again in Minnesota, September 15th through the 17th. Can you tell the listeners a bit about the convention? Uh, Maybe they haven't made it out yet. What are we in for with this? Oh, it's a lot of pop cultural fun. Uh, there's anything from tattoo contest, makeup contest, uh, costume contest. Uh, we probably have close to 30 celebrities there. Um, there's a lot of after hours fun, like, uh, bands and magic and comedy type stuff. Uh, pretty much a little something for everybody, but, uh, that's pretty much the gist of what you would get now, as far as like, once you have actually experienced it, that's a different, that's a different story. And it's going to be taking place at the crown Plaza West hotel in Plymouth. Uh, is the website, yes, is that the best place to get tickets or, or can you get them at the door? Uh, you can get some of the daily tickets, I think still onto the website, but pretty much everything at this point, you'll probably be best to do it at the door. So, Excellent. You mentioned the uh, celebrities being there. I'm always amazed at the people that you you bring on board. Can you talk a bit about some of the big names you got this year? Uh, I would say one of the biggest names that we have is D. Wallace. Uh, also, uh, James Dude Courtney, who's Mike Myers in all three of the latest uh, Blumhouse films for the Halloween series. Um, and then there's lots of iconic people that are um, in and out of uh, different films, such as uh, different franchises like uh, Friday the 13th, uh, Nightmare on Elm Street, or Star Wars even, uh, depending upon the different uh, characters that uh, they're playing. So, uh, so yes, there's a lot of different choices and selections as far as guests goes. Uh, but I'm pretty excited about um, the Terrifier 2 cast, uh, we have a large majority of that cast that are present, and uh, uh, they're a lot of fun. We've had them at a couple of the other Crypticon conventions throughout the country, so I'm pretty pretty excited about that group, too. Excellent. Yeah, you've got a lot of uh, people from 
older films, uh, people from newer films, as you mentioned, and bands, wrestlers. I mean, really, uh, you know, something for everyone here at Crypticon. Yeah, even even Bob Carter, who is the voice of a lot of anime characters, uh, some of my favorites are uh, stuff like Dragon Ball Z. Uh, I'm kind of a fan of that myself, but uh, he plays a lot of characters and a lot of stuff in anime, so kind of excited to have him with us, too. I don't know if any of you guys are Underworld fans, but uh, Kevin Graveau was not only the Lycan character through the first couple of films, but he's also a writer and a co-creator of the Underworld series. Also does a lot of comic books of his own, and he will be doing a panel there about comics. With the strike going on, a lot of the celebrities aren't allowed to actually do panels, but um, some of them can come in and talk about other subject matter rather than film. So. Sure. Kevin just happens to be a guy that uh, works in the comic film, uh, comic industry as well as film. So that gives him the opportunity to talk about that subject matter with fans. So I am especially excited. I love that you got Clint Howard coming this year. I think that's yeah. that's a big one for me. Yes, he's a great guy too. So I'm hoping that uh, everyone will enjoy him the way I do. So knowing him for a long time. Well, with that being said, how do you decide? who to bring in what goes into that process i'm, I'm sure you're probably planning for next well, year usually what happens is a lot of people will ask but it really doesn't make much difference if they're asking i mean we can try but usually what happens is is certain guests are always scheduled either in tv series or in film productions and so on so sometimes it's like a hit or miss they might be available your weekend or they might have already made a commitment someplace else but usually it's for film work so you have to kind of hit and miss and pick and choose who's going to have an open schedule at the time that you happen to be putting on your show. And just because you get them doesn't mean that work doesn't come along and they suddenly say, Hey, I'm sorry, I got to step out for this film project. And, uh, so that's kind of one of the things that plays a big role. You know, lots of fans will get upset. Oh, so-and-so bailed out of the show. And it's like, well, they didn't bail out because they wanted to. They bailed out because of work. And sure. that's kind of how it goes. It's kind of like saying, uh, I'm a contractor, but uh, I'm going to come over here and help you work on your patio. But uh, when the real work comes in, because I'm a union worker, I have to go over and do this this other work. So it's kind of the same thing for them. So SAG is kind of really in the limelight right now of things. Uh, it's eliminated them from being able to do panels and discussions of films and stuff like that. But it seems to uh, not stop them from being able to at least encounter their fans on a one-on-one -on -one basis. And they can probably talk on their own how they pick, pick and choose in private. But publicly, they just can't talk about stuff that has to do with films. So. Sure. Well, again, uh, Crypticon's coming up September 15th through the 17th at the Crown Plaza West Hotel in Plymouth. And I love that the Crypticon setup really allows you to interact with the celebrities and, you know, you have the opportunity to chat with them, as you mentioned, and take pictures and you're not really rushed through a line like, you know, some other conventions or, or book signings or, or things like that. It's really a, quite an experience. Yeah, my wife kind of uh, demands to me that uh, it does not turn into where people are being corralled and uh, being forced to process through a line really quickly. She does not want us to be that kind of a show. She's more about the intimacy and the uh, the private one-on-one -on -one to get out of meeting them. And you're not being processed through. And I don't know about you, but I've gone to, like, say, uh, a comic book convention with someone, say, like William Shatner, right? 
he never once even looked up to the fans. He was so busy just standing there signing a, a photo, signing a photo and signing a photo that he never once even acknowledged to people that a gentleman next to him would be the guy collecting the money would also be the person whispering in his ear, sure. make it out to John. <laughs> <laughs> so, yes, we don't, we try not to make that scenario. I'm sure that there's moments where things kind of get a little crowded here and there, but uh, definitely nothing like that stuff. So, yeah, it's definitely more laid back. I know for me personally, I was at a Crypticon a few years ago, and uh, Doug Bradley from Hellraiser actually struck up a conversation with me in the men's room. So it's definitely a lot different. Yeah, yeah there's definitely more laid back, relaxed type situation, that's for sure. And most of the celebrities that do come to our events, they kind of are open-minded about that. They they kind of like that, the intimacy of it as well. So, So we try to pick guests that are willing to really sit down and chit chat with their fans and, you know, do photos and stuff like that with them. So it makes it a real experience, I think for them. So definitely. And I got to say, besides the celebrities uh, for the listeners out there, maybe if you've never been there, there are so many vendors and displays and costumes and contests. I mean, it's worth going just for all that stuff. It's right now there's probably 175 vendor spots there and you're all completely filled. So awesome. I know it's also a family-friendly event. It might not sound like that on paper, but I know a lot of people take their kids, and you know everything's really inviting. Right, right. We actually have ten kids of our own, so we're pretty uh, open-minded and family-friendly. <laughs> that most most of my kids have worked these shows for years, even when even when they were little. So definitely a family thing. Definitely. Can you tell us again uh, about the tickets, you know, maybe the best place to get them and how the listeners can uh, join the fun here coming up? Sure. Uh, they can get tickets at www.crypticonminneapolis.com. And um, you can pretty much pick up any of your daily tickets in advance there. Uh, and it does save you time in the line to have done so. Um, otherwise, you can pay for tickets daily in advance or at the door. So, um it can make it pretty friendly for everybody as far as the uh, cash machines and stuff around there are kind of, uh, I'd say, always running out. And a lot of the celebrities and a lot of the vendors don't have the ability to process with a credit card. So keep in mind that if you are going to come, I would recommend you stop and get some cash or access a cash machine before you get to the show. So that way you don't get there and it just happens to be run out because it's happened quite often, actually. Excellent. Well, Chaz, what's next for you? I know you've got a few other uh, conventions you do. Is there anything else maybe coming up, events or, or projects after Crypticon here? I'm still working on a couple of film projects on the side, uh, doing some music videos and stuff for some people, working on some of my own music, but at the same time doing a lot of promotional and marketing stuff. Uh, we generally do a lot of things with new features, films that are coming out from either Blumhouse or... Um, MGM, uh, Lionsgate, we do a lot of promotions and marketing and stuff for them. So, and we usually gener- generate that through our website so people can see, hey, we're doing a private screening of uh, John Wick for, you know, blah, blah, blah. So we do a lot of stuff like that. Uh, we are going to start doing some of our own uh, cryptic cinema macabre where we're taking vintage stuff, mixing it with a lot of new and unique uh, underground films. And, uh, making private little monthly showcasings of that around the Twin Cities. So. Awesome, man. Well, it sounds like you're definitely busy. I appreciate you taking some time out with me today, and I'm looking forward to the show. Sounds good, buddy. I'll see you over the weekend.
And again, that was Chaz DeMoss, the man behind Crypticon, the horror convention. It's back here in Minnesota, September 15th through the 17th at the Crown Plaza West Hotel in Plymouth. And you can get your tickets now at CryptoconMinneapolis.com. Galligan from Gremlins, and you are listening to the Five Count.
Hey, boys and girls, it's Clint Howard. And you know what? You're listening to The Five Count. Enjoy. It's the five count. That was a Clint Howard five count alumnus. He'll be at Crypticon coming up <laughs> next weekend. Awesome. You could be there too. Maybe Ton will be there. Probably not. His wife's making him stay home and work, but yeah. Maybe if you're allowed to make your own decisions, you could go. You could go. You can enjoy yourself. Or you could stay tuned to the five count because we've got like 176,000 hours of programming available at the5count.com. Ton goes there all the time. 
It's really awesome. You should go there, definitely click around on some things and just, you know, look at it for a while. Did you know we're also on Patreon? Yes. A lot of bonus stuff on Patreon. So good. Like early access to all our shows. Yeah, man. Yeah, like bonus shows. Ton swears a whole bunch. There's a lot of stuff on there, including the five count at the movies. We watch a bunch of ridiculous, weird style movies or some little short movies or even some cartoons sometimes. And uh, we basically talk over them and share our feelings about them or our experiences in life around them or just whatever nonsense over top of them. And you, I think, would enjoy it if you're listening to this program. You'll definitely enjoy that one. Yeah, you should check it out. There's only probably about seven people in the world who watch it, so you could be like pretty popular you'd know all the hidden secrets and tidbits <laughs> a ton shares yeah all his family recipes and all that the only bummer is sometimes i'm like enthralled with the movie and then i like can't think of what to say or sometimes i'm super appalled by the movie and then also can't think of what to say sometimes i fall asleep yeah and then i don't say anything because yeah. I'm sleeping. He's sleeping, and I'm sitting there just staring at the screen like, what is even happening right now? I feel like the more we talk about this, the more it's not selling it. <laughs> but what we do have also on there, early access to a show called The Five Count Co-op. That's Dusty and I playing old school Nintendo games, Sega games, SNES games, and really in poor fashion and getting angry at each other and yelling at each other and Dusty constantly telling me to stop playing the game and me s- talking about how much I hate the game, but then I keep playing it for some weird reason. And uh, you could watch us do that. It's hilarious. Man, everything we do sounds like a lot of fun. You know, it is most of the time. Ton, if you go to our YouTube page, there's a bunch of stuff on there you can't find anywhere else. Really? Just had an interview with Daniel Buckspan. He wrote a book called Ozzy at 75. Oh, wow. I want to check that out. Yeah, that's a good plan. It's on YouTube. Cool. Where the kids go. Yeah. Um, that's it. Thanks to Don Barnes from 38 Special for being on the program. We rocked into the night, Don. I knew we could. Loved it. It's been great. It's really been wonderful. Maybe we can come back uh, next week. I mean, I think we could. We'll see what happens. I mean, I'll probably be here. In the meantime, the true punks will now take you back to paradise. (laughs) See you next time.